It's time to get away from it all. Doesn't matter if you say you or y'all. Let's all get out there and have some fun. Bluff City Outdoor Show is for everyone. Welcome to the Bluff City Outdoor Show. Thank you, Barry Woods, and indeed, welcome to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Quentin and professional fisherman Mike Marfell. My partner, Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors, is... Being a mystery man. Yeah, he's not here with us right now, but he could be here uh, in a few minutes. So uh, the show must go on, as they say, and I know it's been a very busy time out at Bluff City Outdoors the place to go uh, all year long, obviously, anytime you're planning a trip to the great outdoors. But, Mike, you would know better than anybody, this is a great time to be outside. Not only is it hunting season, it's a great time to be out on the water. Like most people uh, associate fishing season with spring to fall and, you know, it being a That's summer activity. nonsense. But the hardcore guys know it's that nonsense. this is the time. This yes. is the time to be out on the water. It's so when the big girls come out to play. Yeah, whether you're fishing or you're hunting or you're camping or you're trapping or whatever you're doing, they have got you covered at Bluff City Outdoors in Alton, about a mile east of Fast Eddie's there on Broadway. They will take care of you for all of those outdoor needs. Of course, you can also shoot every day in the archery range there, state-of-the-art archery range, open every single day. And again, perfect time of year, you know, with it being hunting season all that to uh to get out there and uh, do a little practicing in the archery range but uh yeah it is a uh it's cold out there but uh it's a great time to take advantage of this time of year whether it be in the woods or on the water and uh if you're like me you like when the guys go in the woods i don't hunt so i got the water to myself (laughs) my favorite time yeah that cold snap we had it mm-hmm. turned them on big time. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. So big time. To, uh, talk to us a little bit about. Um, I know you had the 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 big tournament a few weeks ago, and we've we we uh, had a a little bit of time to sort of recap that. But uh, I know you got some more stuff coming up, yep. and um, it's a really exciting time of the year. So yeah. what's, what's the latest with you, and what's the latest that you're seeing? Well, the latest with me is I am pretty much done for the season, except I'm going to jackpot some of the bass and bob winter series Mm -hmm. so that's just all i don't really i can't make them all because because i don't like dragging my boat if it's all weather dependent right Mm -hmm. because these are in december you know Mm -hmm. december january february so little ice little snow i'm not dragging my boat through that right so but uh supposed to be fishing my first solo pro qualifier this weekend but my nephew's in town from austria uh haven't seen him forever he's like my fourth son so mm, that's cool. uh, I've did, I this my first ever I was telling you guys earlier opting in paying my entry fee and not even showing up but I want to qualify for the championship and it, it's against the 100 of the best anglers in the Ozarks if you miss one it, that ain't going to happen so it's like showing up without even When's you know, that tournament? It's this weekend oh, at okay. Table Rock. Yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So uh but yeah, I'm going to fish some some open st- you know just random tournaments through the winter. But I, my seasons don't actually start until uh, March or so. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go do some fishing because the big ones are out, man. Fish. Oh, yeah. my God. There was a – I didn't get a fish. My favorite tournament of the year, the Marie Memorial that Anglers in Action puts on last weekend. It's every year, uh, the day, the weekend, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And it's so cool. They have 
25 of the biggest weights they pay out and then 25 of the biggest fish. So you can oh, cash cool. a check on either way. And if you dude, the people that won it had four fish that weighed almost 20 pounds. They didn't even have a limit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they got first place and big fish, you know, they got first and I think the big fish was seven something, but yeah. And your way to catch them, Tony, all of them on top water. Yeah, that first see, cold snap. It's Lake of the Ozarks, baby. Black buzz bait. I've told you the biggest fish I've caught at that lake. Black buzz bait with the snow coming down. Black buzz bait is my favorite lure in the world, and I and I think a lot of people are are, are um, you know uh, have some misunderstanding of topwater fishing in general, uh, but you know specifically with the with the buzz bait. I always thought that once it got freezing cold that the fish did not want to be at the surface, that they wanted to be down low. That's not true. That it was that may, that because the ice was on the top or the, you know, the potential ice was up top, so they wanted to get down low, which is not true, especially in shallow water because that's the warmest water. That water warms up faster when you get a sunny day in the winter. Exactly. They'll be up shallow. So that makes more sense. But, if you, but, but you know, for whatever reason, that didn't, uh, that didn't compute in my brain. I would always, as it got... As it got colder outside, I would always try to get deeper. Right, and yeah, and that's it's exactly not true. that's exactly you wrong. can catch them out there. But sure, sure, but but I mean, if you're like me and you love topwater fishing, this is the time of year. Yeah, until the water gets in. you know below fifty, and then right. it, that that slows down. You can it can still happen. I've had one come up. I threw a jerk bait that landed on thin ice, and I went to drag it off, and I had one pop it through the ice. <laughs> So, I mean, I mean, it was just a little wafer thin of ice, right? Sure. That jerkbait was laying on top of it, and I went to move it, one busted the well, ice. You know to what? Get it. That doesn't, that kind of is the same theory of, of landing a frog on a big lily pad. 100%. And just hopping it right off that lily pad. And, you know, and, they'll, and they'll try to hit those frogs right through the lily pad yeah. sometimes. You just can't move it as fast. Or just right as, as it comes off the lily pad. So, wouldn't be any different. Nope. No, any different than your, than right. your, uh, um, you know, you're, you're it takes them a little while to get there when water. the water's cold. You know what I'm saying? They're not going right. to move real fast yeah. because of their, you know, cold blooded. But yeah, right. it's the exact same philosophy. So, what we always say, and you, and you just alluded to it there, you know, and, and you've said this many times over the years that um, it's fishing season until the water's hard. That's until it. It's frozen. That's it. So, when you, if you could get out and, you, you know, we're talking about those tournaments in the winter and how you're not going to fight through any ice, but would you, Right as it's, you know, if we're talking about temperatures in the 40s, so it's not frozen, so it's cold, but the water's not frozen, is that to you a, a good sign? Is that what exactly what you're looking for? Or is there a, is there a kind of a line where it gets a little too cold before the ice hits? Uh, the best time is right now. Yeah. From now until the water gets into the high 40s. 30s, yeah, okay. low oh, 40s. Right, right. Okay, gotcha. And then it slows down, but once they adjust to that, then you're fine. But right now, that snap from... Because we've had a warm fall for the most part. Mm -hmm. We had some cold rain down at the lake, and then that temperature dropped like that. And that just signals them, it's time... And winter's coming. It's mm -hmm. time to eat. Mm -hmm. Days are getting shorter. You know, it's dark at, what, 515, 530? Yeah. So this is the best time, in my opinion, because you, you can still move the bait fairly fast, so you can cover water. That's the hard part in the winter, is you got to cover water to find where they're at, but you can't. If you're moving the bait too fast, you'll never get any feedback. You'll never get a bite. So that's where the forward-facing sonar is really coming. You know they're there, so mm -hmm. you can keep casting at them. Because mm -hmm. uh, I've had a trick for years fishing a jerkbait. In my mind, I'm moving that, and I'm picturing that bass slowly moving towards that jerkbait. So I'm letting it sit there. I'm looking around, just trying to be patient, picturing it moving closer. And the last thing you want to do is 
jerk it real hard. And then he's like, God, I got to go move two or three more feet to get to this thing. Right, right. So a lot of times it's best to, you know, pick your nose or whatever. Just let yeah, her sit there. right on their face. But, but knowing where, yeah, but knowing where that spot is. And at the lake, and most lakes with that, that big chunky rock, you get that jerk bait. I always say you want to land the tail hook on the bank. And then just reel it down six, seven turns to get it to that depth of four or five feet where it's, and that's that first break, mm-hmm. twitch it a couple of times. And that's where I let it set the longest, mm-hmm. you know, cause if they're going to come, they're going to come out of that shallow and come, come get it then. Right. right. But you can't move it too fast. So that's why I, I love winter fishing when you find them. Cause you can catch a bunch of them because they're usually grouped up. Where man, are they sitting? Where are they sitting? Are they suspended three or four feet down and they watch that thing go by and then it sits there and then they're going to go They're get sitting it. in that deep water and when they want to eat, they move the up in okay. the shallow. Gotcha. So that's like I've told you before. So they're coming in to get it, not coming out. You're not You're not bringing it past their nose. No, no, no. They're you're, looking towards the bank and they're coming in to get it. No, they're usually looking out because they face into the wind. You always want to fish uh, – with the wind blowing 90 degrees straight in on a bank, that's the best. Yeah. Down a bank's okay, but straight in on it with a jerk bait for sure. Right, right, right. Because then they'll just turn and position themselves mm-hmm. to where. And they'll wait for that to come floating to them. Yeah, to come exactly. Through. So, uh, but where the water is shallow meets deep, you know, we got deep water close by, but then they can float up shallow and get in that sun. And at the lake, of course, big rock, chunk yeah. rock that's dark in color. Absorbs the heat. They like to just sit right on the, the black floats. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They'll move mm-hmm. up on the shallow, like the uh, walkways. Oh, yeah. They had the black float and super shallow. Some of the biggest fish I've caught were in 10, 12 inches of water. Right. Right on one of them floats. Or right. the float's actually setting on the bank because the water's down in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And they'll get right underneath that float because that sun beats on that black float and that water's just a little warmer. <clears throat> Our lights, like I, I was always, you know, you, you never know if these are like old wives' tales. Or, you know, like, uh, or or honestly based in some kind of reality or science. But, you know, you always heard, like, docks that had lights, particularly lights that were just under the water, especially later at at night, you know, when those lights kick on, that fish are going to be attracted to there, not only because of the light, because of the heat. That would make sense. Like, I mean, in the wintertime, it would make sense. Right. I was going to ask if that's, I've always heard that that's a great place to fish, especially when it's cold. Look for those that you know, look for those lights, especially if you're fishing, you know, right at sure at night at, at sunset or a little after sunset because that's where they're gonna. Yeah, that that may, that would. I, I don't know if that's the case. I know in the summertime or you know, not cold water conditions. You know, let's just say fifty degrees and above. That light attracts bugs, which hit the water, which bluegill and other small fish are feeding on, oh, that's and that's true. why the bass yeah, are the around light, there. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it's a food chain thing. Mm-hmm. Just like why you got to find the bait. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when they have a mayfly hatch. Well, the may, the bass aren't eating necessarily mayflies, but they're eating the fish that are eating those. Right. And right, right now at Lake of the Ozarks, it's gizzard, big gizzard shad. I mean, seven, eight, nine-inch gizzard shad. So the glide bait has become a big thing down there now. That's, so with the sonar, with the radar, with the with the technology that we have now where you can see, you can so clearly see where the fish are even better than uh, maybe in years past, I, it's always been, and I, I, I feel like this is common sense, but I would imagine that now we can confirm that with with the technology that we have. It seems like in the wintertime, this, this time of year, when it starts to get cold outside, it seems like all of the fish that you catch are big fish. 
And I've always just assumed, and I again, I think this is just common sense, that because of what you said, the fish know that this is their last chance. They got their. It's time to eat. It's yeah, they're good. To, yeah, they know it's time to fatten up before the before the winter and before the water does freeze. And that means if if it's feeding time, the most aggressive, the biggest fish are going to be the one getting all the getting the yeah, majority sure. of the food. Absolutely. So that's why they're fighting through, and that's why it seems like it's so much easier. Not easier, but you're you're just you catch, more likely to catch a big fish. Yes, this time that's, of year. That's accurate. Then you that's would. Accurate. Yeah. So when you when you when you're looking at the actual underwater pictures, are you seeing that like there's a bunch of fish down here? But it's going to be the big guy that probably gets to this food or this bait or this lure first, uh, other yeah. than it just being like, oh, there's the big fish. I'm going to go for it. It's like they're all the little guys, normal size guys. They're all still down there. Right. They're just getting they're just getting pushed. They're getting aside. elbowed out of the way a little yeah, bit. By the yeah. Big guy. Is that is that accurate yeah, but, on how? It, yeah, and but th- th- that is accurate to a degree. But there's also. <sighs> Big fish are smart too. Well, they'll let the little ones go up and do all the work, and then they'll just eat the ones that they that they cripple or spit out. They just float down to them, and they eat those too. What do you mean, do all the work? They'll get up there and bust up the shad. Oh, okay. And then the shad scatter, and they just set. They wait for them to come to them. When they freak out and run, they don't have to yeah. chase them. They'll right. run in front of them. The little fish do the yeah. work, or yeah, are yeah. basically herd. Yeah, you know, herd the shad, and then yeah. the big ones push come them in towards the big one. Yeah, you know, or push them towards the bank or whatever, and then the big ones come in and eat. Gotcha. You know, so let the little ones do all the work. Right, right. There's a joke about cows and bulls that we could tell, but we can't tell on this. It's a family <laughs> program that's something along those lines. Yeah, we'll do yeah. yeah. That's a podcast exclusive. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's behind the scenes stuff. That is, that is uh, yeah, that is super interesting stuff. There's uh, more uh, fishing that I want to get into as we go through the show today. I also want to talk a little bit about hunting. We had um, a couple weeks ago. Tim was on, right? We had Tim Shelswick on. So last week we had the replay because it was the holiday weekend. and But the weekend before that we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, the beginning of, of – of firearm season and and you know the hunting season it actually got off to a little bit of a slow start so want to get into uh some of those stories and more lots to talk about mike marfell is with us don't go anywhere you're listening to the bluff city outdoors show on 1019 and 94.1 news talk stl You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. I ain't rich, but I damn sure wanna be. Working like a dog all day ain't working for me. This is the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. The bucket and I was sitting on a pile like Warren Buffett. I know everybody says money can't buy happiness. Welcome back to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019-941 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Quentin and Mike Marfell, professional fisherman. Don't forget, great time of the year. Just They just wrapped up their Black Friday sale. Hope you got a chance to take advantage of that out at Bluff City Outdoors. But uh, still a lot of great things that you could take advantage of out there, including shooting in the archery range every day and everything you need for your next fishing trip, your next hunting trip, trapping, camping, whatever it may be. They have got you covered at Bluff City Outdoors. 
in Alton, about a mile east of Fast City there on Broadway. Make sure you check them out before your next trip into the great outdoors. Speaking of the great outdoors, Mike, we about a year ago now, I can't believe it's been about a year ago now, that when the major drought conditions hit the area, and we were talking uh, you know, on a fairly right. re- regular basis about you know, you'd go over every overpass of every bridge and you're seeing parts of the riverbed that you ain't never seen right, before right. because the water's gone. Yeah. Some of that water's come back, but not certainly not all of it. But I didn't realize until I read this story that I'm about to get into here that those conditions are still uh, existing in a, in a lot of places and actually getting worse. So I know really? that when we talk when we talk about fishing, you and I, and when you're on the show, we 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 talk a lot about Lake of the Ozarks and uh, and you know and our fishing report and things like that. We're usually talking a lot about a lot of the big lakes in the area. So maybe it doesn't. Maybe this has not impacted those bodies of water as much, but the Mississippi River, which is a big part of the catfishing community in the area, oh, as we know, the and, biggest. You know, all the times that we've talked, all the stories that we've heard from so many great folks. And speaking of Bluff City Outdoors, they got the guides out there that can hook you up with uh, guided fishing tours on the Missouri River and the Mississippi River and, and really take you out for a good, uh, a good time uh, catfishing out on the water. But uh, the Mississippi River could see near record low levels very soon due to the ongoing drought. With the lack of recent beneficial rainfall, there's a difference now between regular rainfall and beneficial rainfall. Okay. Hmm. With the lack of. Just science. Yeah, it's just science. With the lack of beneficial rainfall recently, drought conditions continue across eastern Missouri and south central Illinois. It's had a large effect on the Mississippi River, which could be headed for a near record low water level. The current standing for the Mississippi River lies about a foot and a half below normal value. That level is forecast to reach 5.2 feet by mid-December, which would be the sixth lowest river level in history, recorded history. With rain in the forecast by the end of the work week, the bulk of the incoming rain this weekend will primarily be centered to the south of St. Louis, which will not effectively help in improving water levels for the Mississippi. So even though there is some rain coming our way, it's not beneficial rain. (laughs) It's just regular rain. Won't the people from the south benefit from this rain? Uh, Yeah, but I guess not our area. I I guess not our part of the river. Okay. You know, uh, that, uh, you know, so famously, you know, the confluence of the Mississippi and Missouri and where we get all these in the Illinois River. You you know what? I'm glad you said that because the Illinois River does not get the Doesn't get its love, yeah. It deserves. When I used to fish out of Alton, that's where I headed most Mm -hmm, of the time. mm -hmm. Uh, Mark... Oh, I'm not saying this name. Mark F U C H. Look at, I bolded it there. See his name? Don't say it. I'm, we're not losing Mark. No. I'm not losing my job to say your name on the radio. You see that? Q? Yeah, yeah. we're not saying that one. F U C H S is his name. Uh, he is the senior service hydrologist. That's a great title. At the National Weather Service says, in order for improved conditions, rainfall needs to start in the northern basin of the Mississippi River to flow south. Oh, there went that. And relieve southern branches in need of more water. Uh, to combat this situation, the United States Coast Guard is working with the United States Army Corps of Engineers to conduct dredging operations along the Mississippi River so that open channel waterways and Barge transportation can continue. So it's so bad that we're digging holes 
in the river to make sure that the barges can keep getting through. That's crazy. I knew that we were having, I knew the water levels were low. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. could still see that just by you driving. You see all over the wing the, dams yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you could still yeah. just see that driving over the bridges right now. Um, but I didn't realize it was this bad. Me neither. Now, it's not. This type of thing hasn't affected you guys in any way, has it? Well, Lake of the Ozarks not- has been lower than I've ever seen it in this. Normally, it stays at full pool all summer, and they draw it down in the winter so people can work on their on their docks and their walls and that sort of thing. But it's been several feet low for the last several months. Mm-hmm. So, because yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it is fed by the rivers. The rivers yeah. still control. Yeah, the Osage I mean, River. And- yeah, you I mean... Multiple rivers to grab away. The- yeah, the, I mean, the dam controls the, the depth of the river, but I mean, like, or the depth of the lake, but that's all still governed by the river levels. Right. And if the rivers are low, they're not going to be filling the lake to full, sure to maximum potential. So, has, so the Lake of the Ozarks has been lower. It's been about three feet lower than it normally is in the summertime. And it's so wild to me how quickly that can change because what was it? It was maybe three or four summers ago that the river was or that the lake was so high that they idle only idle only for the whole, whole lake. lake. Yeah, I was out there on it. Yep. I was I I had my uh, that summer that that happened, which was only three or four years ago. Yeah, if that. Yeah, maybe only two, two or three. Yeah. So when you were saying this about the record low levels, all I'm thinking is, oh, we're due for a big flood. Then that's what's gonna it, it'll do. Right? A lot. That's what I think. I think yeah. it'll turn around and we'll just get a because we'll the have levels a big flood. were so they couldn't the water levels were so high they couldn't even let it out of the river out of the lake out of the lake right because they couldn't flood the rivers and that's with using Truman to hold it back because you know right. they can flood Truman. Right. There's no houses. But on I there. I remember at that time going out on my boat. Idle only, no wake zone for the whole lake, which is wild. And I mean, I was like, I was fishing in people's backyards. Oh, yeah. Because I was four feet above their yard. The You know, the water right. was still, you know, the water was so high that I was fishing where normally I would be three feet out of the water sitting on somebody's yard. Right. In somebody's backyard. Right. But the water is so high that we're I'm up over it, and I'm catching fish where there's like manicured grass, right, three or four feet oh, underneath me. And trust me, when it the was, water gets up like the, those fish want to go up there and be. So up that's there. just two or three years ago, and now it's so bad that it's not really affecting the Lake of the Ozarks like it is these rivers, but no. it is obviously having an impact because the lake isn't at full capacity and right. hasn't been for a while, and now these. I mean, we're like the. Coast Guard is working with the Army Corps of Engineers to dredge the Missouri, the Mississippi River so barges can keep going through because the water. Yeah, if, if it gets to where you can't have barge traffic, that's going to affect a lot of right. stuff. It's the biggest river in North America. It's used right. to transport a lot of mostly grain, I think, and coal right. and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. So we've it's talked. Freak, it's kind of freaky, really. We've talked with you, and we've talked with other fishermen, and you know, the, some of the cat fishermen that that you know that are on the Mississippi and Missouri rivers on a regular basis. And the typical response about when I ask questions about drought levels or low levels and things like that is like, it's just, it's not, it's not worse. It's just different when it comes to uh, yeah. fishing. You got a it's different lake worse. now or river, whatever right. you want to say. But yeah, but. At some point, and maybe we're still a long way away from that, 
But I gotta believe that at some point it does get worse. It does. It does. You would think there's got to be a spot a where it, where yeah yeah. So is there in your mind as a you know as somebody who who spends so much time out on the water? Is there a concern when we read these stories and we hear these 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 numbers about these record lows that are could be? It's a little concerning, but yeah. my philosophy is always nature's gonna nature, man. It'll come back and it'll come back right. faster than you know. It'll turn around. Yeah. I mean, this planet survived I feel way like worse the last, than this. I feel like the last 15 years, the every every year we had a 500-year flood. Right, right. <laughs> right. Like how many 500-year floods can you have in the course of a decade? But right. it felt like we had like six. Well, we had 92 and 95, <laughs> right? Those were the but two even, big ones. But even like, even in like... Like just what we were talking about a couple of years ago when they couldn't take any water out of the Lake of the Ozarks, you know, you're driving down highways like 370 or other places, you know, where all the drainage canals are full and yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's flooding, you know, everywhere you, you know, and all the yeah, the Merrimack was out those, of its banks seemed like constantly yeah, a few yeah. years back. Yeah, and then now just a couple short years later, we're you're driving over these overpasses and you're looking at these rivers and you're seeing things that you have never seen before. Right. I'd have never thought it would get to the point where it possibly could affect large traffic. Yeah, no. I guess it being that low, though, you can, right? They can get that dredge equipment out there. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're doing it off of a barge or if they're, because you know, that stuff, even if that, how long Mississippi would have to be dry before that muck would be something you could drive a tractor oh, through. Oh, that you could do anything with? Yeah. Have you ever jumped? So I mean, sloppy. I, 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 Took me a few times to realize you don't get in the Mississippi with shoes on because you ain't getting them back. You know, I will. You're exactly right, but I will say this: that I've seen. I know that there are places on Earth. <laughs> I know I'm getting real big picture and generic here. Um, that you know the tides go in and out, and there'll be like there's there's places where the tides will get go. Oh, in sure, and out. it's literally like miles. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. and that at low tide they can drive jeeps out. Right to a certain point, sure, and but that and ain't on the Mississippi because that's, that's muck. That's places that are covered by water half the time. You'd think that that would be just as muddy and think. gross, and and you know it's probably a soil type get, thing, right? Yeah, I it's mean, gotta be, but yeah, because around here, I mean, Mississippi. I've jumped out of my boat my when I used to fish the Mississippi a lot. It's like quicksand. Yeah, <laughs> I jumped out to push it because I got stuck, and I was if I wouldn't have had a buddy with me, I I might still be there. Like, cause I mean, seriously, you go, you uh, go up over your, in there oh yeah, like, yeah, it just sucks you in there. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, but the tide though, that that's different. Cause it's going out every single day. It gets that chance. Yeah, this is, it's only down this point. record time. Right. Right. So, right. so when you do, when you do see, do you, uh, is there just an automatic part of you that when you do with the, if the lake or a river or any spot that you, that you regularly fish, is is way down like that that you're taking mental photographs. I'm taking actual photographs of now. You got that, a phone in your pocket. Like, okay, here's what's under there. Yep. And how much you can actually benefit. So when a, the water comes back, now you know dude, exactly where those ledges are and exactly this, where that cover is. This year at Table Rock, it was low, and I took a picture and sent it to my son. And I was like, "Well, this is the reason we've caught multiple five pounders here, and it was a man-made." Stack of rock, shorter stack of rock, and a log strapped to it on a 45-degree angle bank that it was up close enough to the bank that you wouldn't be able to get up there with your sonar and see it. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I looked at the tree because I, I looked at the tree. I had a tree on the bank that I used to line up with the cast at, and mm-hmm. I've caught multiple five-pounders off of this spot. 
And I took a picture of that, and I was like, yeah, that's why. I didn't mm-hmm. know that existed. But the water was like seven, eight feet low, and that thing was high and dry on the bank. Man, you know, this time of year, we're going into Christmas season. I can I can clearly remember times with, I have, you know, buddies that have uh, either access to or live on farms or have farm ponds or whatever. You know, they're like, hey, don't, you got a natural Christmas tree. Don't throw that thing away. You know, oh, bring it over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And we'd walk those things. You know, you wait, you get out on that farm pond in January after Christmas, take a couple and just walk out on the ice and set that thing right down where you want it to go with a block under it. Uh huh. Yep. And then when, it, and then the water, and then when it melts and those things drop straight down Yep. and then here comes March and April and you're like, remember we put that Christmas tree right there. Yep. Let's run this thing right over the top of that. And bam, <laughs> I, I've may or may not have planted multiple brush piles at the lake. And I've always got <laughs> something that I'm lining up with, whether it's a, uh, we're too, Two retaining walls come together, yeah. or that big dead sycamore tree in the back, whatever it may be. Yep. I'm always trying to do it. And I always do it like when we were to do it. Me and Greg haven't been doing much of it because it's both been so busy, but like I'll do five foot, 10 foot, 15, 25 foot so I can make a cast and come through all those brush piles. And they're all lined up with the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how I've planted brush piles over the year that I didn't catch diddly off of ever. Mm-hmm. And I've caught ones that. You're constantly catching fish yeah. up, yeah. And and I and I th- I think better than brush piles like the the Christmas trees. That thing is what I was just talking about. It's that one big log mm-hmm. that w- that one big fish will use to set underneath it to ambush from. You know, now, you talk about uh, having the water to yourself here in in recent weeks because everybody's out in the woods. Hunt. Now, do yeah. you do any of the? Do you do any hunting yourself? Or do only you- thing I hunt is dove, and I like to go quail hunting. Yeah upland bird yeah. quail pheasant i don't get to do much of it anymore but deer hunting you know i you i have dobermans and they kind of look like deer so <laughs> and it's just a, you got to pick a lane right i mean i don't want to be just okay at fishing and kind of a sort of good hunter I'm, right yeah. i want to concentrate on one thing and yeah i want to stay married well, to you i can't be gone all you the time you do it at a little bit different a level than like right, some right. people can just say you know i like to be outside and i like to hunt in the you know during hunting season and i fish during the summer yeah, you know, I could, uh, but, not, but I'd rather be, I'd winning, rather be fishing that time. That The time deer season's going boats. on is when the best bass fishing's going yeah, on. Yeah, which is so true. So that's why which I want to so be true. out there. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. I was deer, a bit deer hunting's surprised. a lot of work. I was a bit surprised and I encourage people to go back and check out, um, um, the, the last podcast of the show, like I said, we had a, yeah, Tim's a genius. We, with were, that off, stuff. we were off last week because of the, uh, Thanksgiving holiday, but the week before that we had Tim Shelswick from Drury Outdoors on. And I was surprised at the at this how the uh, how the hunting season started here in the state of Missouri the, the firearm season at least um, it, the numbers were down because you would think huh. and I'm sure you've seen this too so many deer out there there's just so many yeah. it's just like I I, I can't remember a, a time in my life where there's been more encroachment of. The amount of dead ones Humanity. alone that I see on the side of the oh. road during the first full moon during rut is crazy. Jeff Allen, the owner of our radio, a couple weeks before we left downtown St. Louis, he had a deer coming into town, not out in St. Charles County where he lives, in North St. Louis yep. on Highway 70. Absolutely. In the city, he hit a deer. I live in Fenton, and I had nine of them in my backyard. I live in a subdivision. Yeah, but we actually had a slower start than usual. I mean, that's, and, that's and, odd. and a lot of it, and again, Tim explains the science. Did he say it was the weather? Hadn't got cold A lot of yet? it had to do with weather conditions and various other forecasting. And, you know, yeah. they got that DeerCast app, which is such a big help. 
uh, that can help you out with all that. The yeah, you would think with the technology with trail cameras and those apps that yeah. the numbers would just keep going yeah. up. Yeah, and, and so you the, have that app, and you have that DeerCast app, it'll definitely give you an advantage over the uh, you know other folks that are out there. Well, ask Tim next but, time uh, when he's in, or Tony, if, or, or, or if if all that technology is changing the way the deers act, the way forward-facing sonar is starting to change the way the bass act. Like, you can't keep that forward-facing oh, yeah. sonar. Bo- you put it in a brush pile and hold it there, they scatter. Mm-hmm. They're figuring it out. You know, they got a lateral line. That's how they, that's how blind, you know, bass could survive just fine without eyes because they got right. the lateral line. Right. You know, it's like radar for them. Mm-hmm. And now that you got so, and a lot of crappie fishermen are coming up on those brush piles and just leaving that thing pointing right at that brush pile. And the bass are like, hey, man, I'm, get, I'm out of here. Something funny. So we talk about that, and it's not just deer. I mean, it's basically, it's across the board. I mean, bear numbers are up in, in the state of Missouri, and the, and the feral but, hogs are starting to become a bigger and bigger problem. Um, I got something for them. Are, hell yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, the only animal that I can think of, a, a large animal at least, that has no rules on a hunting, you can kill as many as you want any time of the it's year. It's like coyote. Coyote's it's the same way. Yeah. In Illinois, the only time you can't hunt them is during shotgun deer season. Yeah. It's 24 hours a day, seven, seven days, days a week, week except yeah. for those two weekends during deer season. That's how the deer hog is for sure. Yeah. Um, and you can use rifle for them too, right? Yeah. you. I That's think the like, only thing I think you can hunt with I'll, a rifle I, I, in I Illinois. I don't think there's any limit on anything when it comes to the hogs. Um, Ted Nugent in a helicopter, although they baby. Do, although, they, although they do say be careful because if you're, not, if you're just out there shooting at one, You'll actually scatter the herd, which will create multiple herds. herds. So they tell you, you know, like, it, have some knowledge of what you're doing so you're not making the problem worse when you're right. killing one. Right. Um, but anyway, the— Have you uh, ever had anybody on the show for hog hunters? We have talked to them. We've talked to somebody who did helicopter—you like just said. Helicopter, helicopter hog hunting. Yeah. yeah. Full auto, too. That's good times there. What about fish population? I mean, like— When we, the river's low, you mean? No, just in general. Like, Oh, uh, I think it's— I, is as the additional pressure that we've seen over the last couple of years started to have an impact in a negative way, or are you not really seeing any? Impact I'm not really. I, 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 the numbers which good, are, which is good. Yeah, I think the numbers are still up. I think, I think with the technology, the crappie might be taking a hit because more people keep and eat crappie than do bass. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. You know, so I think that will maybe take a hit, but I don't know, man. I, I see a lot of guys just. Catching them like they've always. I think this year I had a friend of mine that lives down at the lake said that this is was his best year for crappie ever. Yeah, size and numbers wise. Wow. And so and with all the bass tournaments that go on at Lake of the Ozarks and Bass mm-hmm. and Bob does a great job has their catch and release boat and all of us fishermen are really good at keeping them alive. You know, yeah. we use all the right chemicals and ice and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I don't know. I, lake of the Ozarks is a, tough to call because there's it's so, so many docks. Big. There's so many docks and people it, just don't realize how yeah. big that lake is. So even with all the when there is more people fishing, there's still so much of that lake that's just oh, untouched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is. And like I said, told you on this show a million times that there's fish that never come out from under those big docks except to spawn. That's yeah. it. That's Mike Marfell. Um want to talk a little bit about uh, you know, you had your big tournament a couple weeks ago and I know that there is uh some brand new content out on the Tin Horse Monster. Yes, Channel. sir. Drop today, nine some hours. Some of that ago. new stuff. Yeah. We'll uh we'll talk about that and more next when we get back to the Bluff City Outdoor Show here on one oh one nine and ninety four one News Talk STL. Working like a dog all day ain't working for me. I wish I had a red 
You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. This is the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. Thank you for listening to the Bluff City Outdoor Show here on 1019 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo here in studio with Mike Marfell and producer Quentin, my partner Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors will be back with us next week. Want to remind you about our podcast. We put this show out as a podcast shortly after we air it every week. So if you miss anything or you just want to hear it again, I know a lot of guys take us with them, particularly out on the water or when they're getting ready for uh, to go hunting when they're heading out to the woods. They listen to the podcast and uh, certainly a great way to spend some time uh, and hear some great stories and pick up some great advice each and every week by checking out our podcast. So uh, check us out on basically every major and every podcast platform there is. We're basically on every single one of them. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and many, many more. Just search Bluff City Outdoors Show and you will find us. And of course, you can hear us every Saturday at 11 a.m. and every Sunday at noon right here on News Talk STL. Also, I want to remind you as we're talking about all these great outdoor activities about grilling. That's another great, it's another, this is, we talk about what a great time of year it is to be out in the woods or out on the water. It's also a great time of year to be out grilling. And next time you're doing that, make sure you have a bag of Rockwood Lump Charcoal with you. Rockwood Lump Charcoal, great local family-owned business right here in the St. Louis area. Missouri is the number one charcoal maker in the country. So you're supporting local industry. You're supporting a great local business. And you are using what has been voted the number one charcoal in the country nine years running rockwood lump charcoal is the best if you've never used uh lump charcoal or rockwood charcoal um and you're used to the traditional briquettes you will fall in love with rockwood lump charcoal after one use because number one you don't need nearly as much of it so your 20-pound bag of rockwood goes a whole lot further than your 20-pound bag of the traditional briquettes and the reason you don't need as much of it is because there's no filler. There's no extra chemicals. It's it's basically pure carbon. It's Missouri hardwoods. That's the ingredients in Rockwood lump charcoal. And so you don't need nearly as much of it. It burns a lot faster. It burns a lot hotter. It burns a lot cleaner. It gives you a whole, it gives you more control over your grilling experience than the traditional briquettes. It's just superior across the board. And again, you're supporting a great local business and the local industry all at the same time. Check out Rockwood Lump Charcoal at over 100 area stores, including all Ace Hardware locations. Find the closest store to you and pick up some grilling tips and tricks all at rockwoodcharcoal.com. All right, Mike Marfell here in studio with me and uh, producer Q. And Mike, um, you had your uh, the tournament, which was the, the, the tournament a couple weeks ago? Tournament of Champions. Tournament of Champions. For anglers in action, yep. Uh, all three divisions were represented: Lake of the Ozarks, Table Rock, and Grand. Lake. And you had the Ten Horse with you. Ten Horse, yep. And yep. Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel. I, I say this all the time between the uh, Bluff City Outdoors podcast and the Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel. You got hours and hours of great outdoor content 
that will help, that will entertain and educate you, uh, especially for your next fishing trip. And I know a lot of that content from that, from that, yeah, that tournament, tournament practice and the two day tournament is yeah. all dropping. Uh, it has been dropping this yeah. week on the uh, Ten Horse Bond. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe was in the process of uh, moving into his new house, so he had a lot of oh. editing to do. Yeah, and there's actually one that he dropped last week uh, of the Warrior William tournament, which was like a weekend or two weekends before that. And that one you can really check out Gabe's mad editing skills because he had a a mic, uh, his lapel mic came unattached sometime through the oh, day wow. so we had no real audio so gabe did a lot of commentary post oh that's cool and uh, yeah the, the amount what, of work gabe puts into this is just phenomenal it's sick and, and 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 i'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the things that really makes the 10 horse money channel stand apart because there are places that you can go shows you can watch of guys out on the water fishing you can also find podcasts of guys talking about fishing but Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel, you've got all of it in one place. You've got the interviews, uh, you know, in live discussions. Yeah, that the Monday every night Monday live. night on Monday Night Live, where uh, it's Gabe and the audience interviewing and asking questions. Uh, Two high level pros. Of, of, yeah, high like level. Mike Marshall. Well, it started out with me. We've graduated <laughs> to to guys that do it for a full time living. But, uh, but you get that interview content, yeah, and then you can you get, ask questions. Yeah. That's the beautiful part. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then you get the on the water content of when you. You guys are out in yep. these tournaments, and he's and he's filming, or when he's going out on when his he goes out in the tin boat in the Southern Illinois lakes, you yeah, know, and yeah. he's taping all of it, and you're getting that you're getting that uh, that firsthand on the water experience, and then you also have when he when you guys are are rolling tape. Uh, as you're preparing for a tournament or after a tournament, truck ride home sometimes the best information. Yeah. yeah, so you're getting all of these different viewpoints and all of these, all of this different type of content all in one spot at the Ten Horse Money YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed to the Ten Horse Money YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to the Bluff City Outdoors podcast, and we will have you covered basically across the board. So a lot of that content from the Tournament of Champions dropping this week on the Ten Horse Money YouTube channel. As you look back at that tournament, and kind of in lieu of we've we've taken a little bit of a pause just because of the time of year on our weekly fishing report. We'll get back to that really shortly, but kind of a um, uh, what were some of as you look back and you get a chance to look at some of this footage now that's that's uh, that that Gabe's posting at the Ten Horse um, Channel. What were some of your biggest takeaways from that tournament as far as what's working and what's not working? And what would in general be, you know, if you were to give a fishing report this week, if people are going to get a chance to get out on the water this weekend or in the coming days of this colder weather, you know, what yeah. are some of the things that, that people really need to keep? Well, it was really tough that for us and everybody. There was a lot of really good anglers that didn't weigh limits or didn't even bring a fish to the scales. Mm. So it was tough. There was that, there's, that, there's that period before we get the cold snap in the fall that can be very, very difficult. Now, not so much. Uh, the fishing's really good. And the beautiful part about it is that you can catch them a lot of different ways. And you can, water's not cold enough yet. It's in the high 50s, low 60s, depending on the part of the lake you're in. Uh, top water, obviously, is a real big player right now. But jig, jerk bait, and you don't have to move that jerk bait super slow. You can still work it real fast. And one of my favorite things this time of year uh, is a big single number seven willow leaf spinner bait with a swim bait on the back of it. 
And then the big thing that I really want to get down to the lake and do, and I, I'm not a, I, I'm, I'm new to the technique, but is a big glide bait that you know looks like those big gizzard shad that they feed on up super shallow this time of year, and just go down there. I don't have a tournament, no pressure, and just fish a glide bait all day long and see if I can catch a giant. I want to. I, I'm, I'm reflecting on what I'm going to do. Tin horse is not sure if he's going to be able to fish with me next year. My buddy Greg is having shoulder shoulder surgery, so he doesn't know. So I don't. Well, <laughs> you, <laughs> I just raised my hand. Yeah, no, no, you, no, I'm, 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 I'm no, down, I'm but I don't guy. even know what. Sir, I know I'm, I'm going to fish guy. my oak outdoor solo. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'm doing next year. Part of I'd me be there for comic relief, and that's about it. Part of me is thinking about taking a pause and not taking Mike, it. Taking, why can't I catch anything, yeah. Mike? Can you I tie going? this on for me? <laughs> I'd be like a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> But part of me is thinking about taking a pause. Mike, I think this fish has teeth. I got it. Yeah, you, you can take that one off yourself. <laughs> no, but I'm thinking about. I'm actually contemplating this year taking a pause from tournament fishing. Fishing still some, but less. Yeah. And, and trying my hand at the at the YouTube at the uh, video uh, and game. Get yeah. me a couple GoPros and yeah. uh, and 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 just you know go down there without the pressure of a tournament and just fish and enjoy fishing instead of the pressure of i need to get a check right so my wife lets me keep going yeah let the check come in from youtube that's right that's a guaranteed <laughs> money uh but i'm still gonna fish a few tournaments that being said i mean gabe i, I hope gabe can come fish the anglers in action with me if he can't yeah. and greg can't i'll take a I'll, i might get one of my sons to, to, oh, go, go. to go with me they're so, not they're you know they're not avid anglers but they love it and just spending time with your son is always a plus uh, as they get older especially if you can do some it, yeah you know, plus i got one content, in the army and one that's yeah. built like a tank so i got it's like having gabe it's built in security go, i can yeah. run my mouth <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost out of time but uh, uh again sort of in lieu of a, of a fishing report this week if you had if you had two hours this weekend and you wanted to go out and give yourself the best chance at catching a bunch of fish or a big fish or whatever it is in two hours, what specifically are you looking for? Con- not only just not only on the ground, but conditions in the air. And then what are you using? I'm going to use it's me. So my first thing is going to be a jig, and I'm going to look for wind blowing on a bank, and then scan it. And if it's got bait, I'm going to put a trolling motor down and try to drag that. Jig. It's always about finding the bait. Yeah, this time of year, that's what the, you know they're schooled up. Yeah, they're they're chasing the bait. They're trying to feed up. Yep. And, you know, a, a lot of times people, I, I mean, I probably should put the jig down more than I, you know. But that being said, it's hard to compete with a bunch of live shad with a bait that looks like a shad. That jig coming through there looks different. Yeah, that's a great point. That is Mike Marfell. Great stuff as always. Make sure you check out the Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel if you want to see more of Mike in action. Great new content just dropped from the Tournament of Champions with Mike and Gabe there at the Ten Horse Monty YouTube channel. And again, make sure you're subscribed to the Bluff City Outdoors Show podcast so you never miss anything that happens here on the show. That's going to do it for us this week. For Mike Marfell, for my partner Mark McMurray and for uh, producer Quentin, I'm Tony Colombo. Thanks so much for listening to the Bluff City Outdoors Show here on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. We hunt them grizzly bears, Kodiaks, blacks and browns. Wanna see what the drops on is? Follow them tracks to the edge of town. That's where you'll find.